Welcome to the Cultivate Podcast, where we explore what it means to be a follower of Jesus. In last week's podcast, I quoted Ephesians 4.23 that says, Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. And I was asked by a listener, how do we actually have a godly attitude? What does a Spirit-renewed attitude look like? And so I just wanted this week just to have a quick look at that. Your version of this may be very different to mine, and I'm not wanting to suggest at all I'm right. I'm just wanting to suggest one potential um, option that you can take from looking at the scriptures. I often hear talk about people having an attitude of gratitude, and that's absolutely right. But I think there needs to be more to it than just gratitude for gratitude's sake. One of the things that can happen is that people can be just so intent on being grateful that it can be almost a form of toxic positivity rather than genuine gratitude. If we're going to be grateful, let's know what we're grateful about. If we're going to have an attitude that reflects what Christ has done, I think there's more to it than just gratitude. (coughs) I'm not denying the place of gratitude. We need to be thankful in all things. Please don't misunderstand me on that. But I wanted to look at just one simple process. And as I say, um, yours may be very different um, and may be much, much better. And so I would really love to hear what your basis for your attitude is. Mine is taken from First Peter chapter 5. And in it, Peter talks about four different things that he identifies really easily and I think actually have a huge amount of impact in the way that we live our lives. So what he says very simply is, So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God, and at the right time he will lift you up in honour. Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Remember that your Christian brothers and sisters all over the world are going through the same kind of suffering you are. I guess part of the reason I like this is that it's simple to me. Um, I love that acronym KISS, keep it simple, stupid. It works best for me. And so my attitude that I talk to myself each day about is KISS. The first thing is keep humble. The scripture talks about the fact that we need to live in humility. I know that it's really easy for us to get caught up in the me culture of today. And being humble is not just thinking about yourself less. It's about relinquishing your plans. It's about not boasting not taking glory. What I've noticed in my life is that often when things have started to go awry, it's when I have lost that humility before God and I've started to submit my own plans. I've started to come before God and say, God, I thought this really great idea. God, I'm facing this difficult situation. Here's what I'm planning to do. I'm asking your blessing. Rather than coming to him and saying, God, I would really like your help. I'd really like to know what it is that you require of me. 
So the first thing is, be humble. The I is impel. Peter talked about casting all your cares on him, for he cares for you. I like the word impel because it talks about force. You know, we compel someone not to do something. Impelling is the encouragement to do something. And that word cast gives an indication of throwing or casting something, a bit like you would cast a line or you would throw something. It's forceful. And Peter uses two different words for care. The first one is he talks about cares, the cares that we actually have, the anxieties, the disappointments, those things that we carry. And he says, cast those onto the cross because God cares. He nurtures, loves, cherishes you. And what what Peter is talking about here is not just a lovely phrase of cast your cares because he cares for you. He's saying, get rid of all that chunk you're carrying. Get rid of the stuff that weighs you down because God wants to nurture and to nourish you. And he encourages us not just to lay it down at the cross because my experience has been for, for so many of us that lay it down at the cross, we're inclined to pick it up again. But when we hurl it and cast it, It's a whole lot better because it's so much harder to retrieve. We need to stop, throw the stuff that burdens us because God wants to take the things that wear us down and demonstrate his love and nurture for us. The first S is stay alert. And that's about actually being aware that we're in a battle. We are fighting a spiritual battle. And I don't want to go a whole lot into this um, because in another week or so I'll be actually talking about spiritual warfare. The fourth one is stay firm. I think sometimes people think staying firm is about adopting some defensive pose as if we're about to fight someone in karate or tackle someone in rugby. And in actual fact, staying firm or standing firm, is about what is the life that we build. Jesus tells the story of building a house upon the rock. And in it, he talks about two men, one who builds on the sand and the other who builds on the rock. In case you've forgotten or don't remember all of the story, I'll read it out to you. And I'm reading from Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 to the end of the chapter. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds his house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against the house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my words, my teaching, and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, for he taught with real authority, quite unlike the teachers of religious law. Jesus is making a comparison between the rock and the sand. When Jesus talks about hearing, he's referring to the Hebrew idea of Shema, We know in the Hebrew that has so few words, only 8,000 compared to our many, many thousands of English words, that the Hebrews had one word for hear 
And that same word doubled for obey. So whenever you hear Jesus saying, is anyone that has ears to hear? He's actually saying, anyone that has, hears this, you will need to obey it. Hearing and obedience were treated with the same word. So standing firm is about living in obedience. And obedience is about the decisions. You know, it's about choosing character over convenience, truth over entertainment, relationship over rules, trust over control, prayer over planning, submission over self, being a servant over status, love over duty, doctrine over dogma, faith over worry, worship over greed, freedom over surrender. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with entertainment. But I guess the question I have is, what do we spend more time engaged in? Wanting to be entertained? Or wanting to examine the truth? Is it easier for us to sit with rules than relationships? Because relationships require so much more of us. We need to learn to trust and not to try and control things. Prayer over planning. And I'm not against planning. I think planning is fantastic. Um, I can't encourage planning enough. What I want to encourage, though, is that we don't rely on our plans. We need to plan because that is the process of success. However, it is prayer that is the force that we need to rely on. I remember when our daughter was younger and we got a small sheep that, well, lamb, that she was looking after. And I can remember saying to her, what I need you to do is to shift the gate so that we can pen the lamb in. And our daughter saying to me, Dad, I can't shift the gate. She'd been out there for about 20 minutes struggling. She just simply couldn't do it. And that was when I wanted to talk to her about prayer. And so what I talked to her about was that prayer is when we trust in the power of our Father and not in our own resources. Prayer is when we ask God to move. It's when we fight on our knees. And so when my daughter asked, Dad, can you shift the gate? I was thrilled to. It wasn't my intention to leave her struggling outside with something that she couldn't do. It was a teachable moment, and I realized in that that I had the opportunity to teach her what it was to understand that prayer is releasing the power of the Father. You know, choosing worship over greed may sound odd, but Colossians 3.5 tells us that greed is simply a worship of a different kind. How we build determines how we endure the storms. And remember, Jesus says when the storms come, not if the storms come. I remember a quote once that said something to the effect of, big events don't build character, they reveal our character. And I guess it's these small day-to-day decisions. So for me, when I get up in the morning, as I get dressed for work, I think to myself, kiss, keep humble, relinquish what I have to God. And what I find is that it makes a huge difference. When I relinquish my own rights, when I come before God, humbly, anger and bitterness and ungratefulness go. How do I hold on to something that I've already relinquished?
I impel. I cast the things that bear me down. I cast the things that I struggle with, those things that burden my soul. I cast them at the foot of the cross. And in place, I accept the love and the nurture and the kindness of God. I stay alert. I'm aware that I'm in a spiritual battle every day. And I stand firm. I make decisions every day that are based on honouring God. I don't always get it right. I, I wish I got it right more than I do. But what I try and do is choose character over convenience. I try and choose trust over wanting to control. Submission instead of my own wants. To be a servant rather than seeking status. To worship rather than walk in greed. And to live in the freedom that I have that only comes by surrender. I would love to know what the attitudes that you have are and how you have formed them. Have they come from experience or are there other parts of the Bible that have formed and generated that? I'd love to hear from you. And I trust that this week, whatever it is you're doing, whatever it is that is taking your time, that you learn to build an attitude that glorifies God. For joining the Cultivate podcast. If we can help you with anything or you'd like some notes, please email us at crosscultivation at gmail.com. God bless.